He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Please be seated. The prophet Micah was a contemporary of Isaiah. He wrote in the mid-700s BCE, a time of great anxiety and disruption, when the headlines were filled with strife, both foreign and domestic. In his poetry, Micah was particularly identified with the poor and the oppressed. He was angry at the rulers and those in power who held so little regard for the people on the margins, whose high-level decisions came at such cost for those who already had so little. In a time when the rich and the powerful exploited and expanded that gap between those who had and those who didn't, I don't know if that sounds familiar or not, Micah wanted the people to pay attention, more attention, to those folks who were struggling to get by. And so Micah asked a question that had two parts to it. One, what does it mean to be in relationship with a God who who really loves us and each and every one of us? But also, what does it mean to live in a culture that talks an awfully big game about God, but the way we live on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't really seem to play out that way, does it? So what do we do? How do we hold these two realities, these two questions together? What Micah did was to move the people of God away from tribal and transactional relationships towards those that were grounded in love and mutual accountability. He taught that faith grounded in love meant ethical action and looking out for our neighbors. He preached that action and loving kindness mattered more than getting the ritual right. Micah's poetry takes some really big assumptions about what it means to, for lack of a better word, do religion properly, and then he completely upends them. He uses the very language of ritual and transaction to show that God is not not actually all that interested in ritual or transaction. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? You know, that's actually only, that's the second part of the chapter. The first part was an explanation of what God had already done. God had had chosen the people. God had led them out of slavery and oppression. God did all this because of how much God loved the people. God had done God's part. So let's talk a little bit about what we the people need to be offering back. But here's where Micah turns. God doesn't need a percentage of your crop. God does not need the very best of your herd. 
Nor does God need thousands of head of cattle, and God certainly does not require human sacrifice. Indeed, what payment plan could possibly balance the ledger with the Holy One, the one who creates us and loves us and liberates us? The answer is none. The very question is absurd. But there is something, friends, that God would like in return. And it's written more, more like a litany, more like poetry, almost as if the priest is supposed to chant this as, as they walk in as a congregation to the altar whenever they gather. People of God, what does the Lord require of you? And the people reply, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. More, of a po more poetry than a monologue. The great paradigm shift was that ritual wasn't that ritual didn't matter as an episcopal priest i am contractually obliged to say to you that ritual does matter a little bit a little bit but that religious practice and how we live our lives they need to be integrated they need to match if they don't, our lives become disintegrated, out of balance, unjust, untrue. What does the Lord require of us but to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God? The first thing we notice here is not only that justice is at the heart of things, justice is a thing that we do. Justice, if we're, if we're talking about our relationship with God, is less of a core value and more of a verb. Don't just complain about things. Don't just wish that things are better. Let's get to it. But on the other side, if justice is a thing that we are do, supposed to do, woe to us if we leave it undone. It's one thing to think of justice as the way that things should be if only things were a little bit better. It's another thing entirely to think of justice as a house unbuilt, a field unplowed, a cathedral that's really just a bunch of stones sitting around in a field while we figure out how it is we're supposed to put these things together. Micah took justice out from the ether and he put it in front of the people saying this is something that matters. This is very much at the heart of what it means to love God. And then Micah follows justice with a word that we don't actually have in our language that word is chesed. Chesed. Its closest phrase is loving kindness. But there's more to that. There's, it means loyalty. It means fidelity. It means faithfulness. And of course it means love. Now it's curious to me that this wonderful word that means so much, we don't actually have that word in English, in our own language. Now, we can make of that uh, whatever we will, but to me that says that there is something about this, this thing, chesed, that is, is perhaps even sacramental. There is mystery in there. There is the presence of God in a way that we cannot name, 
Obviously, someone figured out. The Hebrew people figured it out. But gives us a way through our relationships with our neighbors actually gives us a channel and a connection to God that we did not have otherwise. And that, in turn, should then shape how we love and care for each and every one of our neighbors. In that word, the whole idea that our relationship with, with our neighbor, it's, the, it's rooted in God's love for us. That's where it starts. God loves us. We internalize that, and suddenly we are filled with chesed, with loving kindness. And that should become our why, our reason for absolutely everything that we do. Love, kindness, practice chesed, do justice, because that's how we share in God's work of liberation, of course, but loving kindness needs to be at the very heart of that work if it's really going to change the world, if it's really going to be truly holy. And finally, walk humbly with God. Now, the humble part is important, but the key phrase is to walk with God. Think about that. Think about what a dramatic change that is to how, how the, uh, Micah's people might have understood their relationship with God. It completely changes their orientation. God is not sitting up on a throne waiting for tribute God is not in some heaven, light years away. God is beside us. And our relationship with God is rooted not in tribute, but in journey. Not in power, but in pilgrimage. And what God wants is for us is to put on our walking shoes and to come alongside. Do justice. Love, kindness, walk humbly with God. Imagine that when Micah offered this poetry, what, what a, tr a transformation that must have been. This was a whole new way to think about God. It was a whole new way to think about religion. And I think we need to keep building on it. We need to draw on Micah's prophetic vision. But you know, the suffering in today's world is so profound. The need is so great and so urgent and immediate that I think we need to even take it one step further. Or perhaps what we need to do is to take it one step backwards. We need to walk humbly with God. But I think we need to walk backwards a bit. Because Micah's wonderful commission, as much of a paradigm shift as this was, it was still a transaction. God had liberated the people, and therefore they owed something back. Not sacrifice, but love. Not tribute, but justice. So yes, that was a change. And yes, that's still true. But perhaps we can take the next step by turning it around a bit. Instead of justice, love, and walking as our payment for the goodness of God, let's take it in the opposite order. Walk humbly with God first. 
Let that be the shape of your life, which will lead us then to kindness, which will lead us then to justice. Start with the walking shoes. Get, get a good pair of walking shoes. I recommend it. Start there with that journey alongside God. And when we do that, we will be so filled with the love of God that we will become vessels of it ourselves. We will become channels of chesed, agents of loving kindness in the world that needs that more than anything. And then when that's our why, when that kindness, that love that God fills us with becomes our reason for being, how can we help but to do justice? When loving kindness infuses our being, we simply cannot imagine the work of justice undone. We cannot imagine leaving it that way. Just as we would never leave a ripe harvest sitting uncollected on the ground. Do justice. Love kindness. And walk humbly with God. Be the people of God. Faith is not about tribute or tribe, but the secret to Micah's playful poetry is that it's not about transaction either. It's about a walk with God that leads to a love that consumes us and encompasses our whole life and a love that leads to justice as the only conceivable path. Faith is about walking, but sometimes it also means walking backwards. Amen.